Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Monthly inflation is down for the first time in more than two and a half years. Where is it going next? We talked to an analyst. The White House says the president does not support banning gas stoves after an official said he's thinking about it. And House lawmakers come together to block China from buying oil from America's emergency stockpile. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. The first decline in U.S. inflation in over two years. The consumer price index dropped a tenth of a percent in December. Year-over-year inflation slowed to 6.5 percent, this compared to 7.1 percent in November. Excluding food and energy, the so-called core CPI climbed 0.3 percent last month compared to 0.2 percent in November. Year-over-year, core CPI increased 5.7 percent compared to 6 percent in the rearview mirror. Today's CPI report is actually very in line with expectations. President Biden earlier today commented on the new CPI report. He said, this is good news for the economy. So the data is clear. Even though inflation is high in major economies around the world, it's coming down in America month after month, giving families some real breathing room. And the big reason is falling gas prices. Gasoline prices tumbled 9.4% in December. Meanwhile, food prices climbed 0.3%, but this is the smallest gain in nearly two years. Fruit and vegetable prices fell, as did those for dairy products, but meat, poultry, and fish cost more. Egg prices surged 11.1%. This is due in part to the avian flu. And now joining me live to talk about the CPI report is Jim Urio. He's the managing director at TJM Institutional Services. So, Jim, clearly... Peak inflation is behind us. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but do you think now is where inflation sort of starts to get sticky? No, I'm not so sure of that. I actually think peak inflation is behind us, like you said, and I think it's going to continue lower. The thing that concerns me the most is that we all know the effects of the um, uh, the uh, interest rate hikes that we've seen since March have a lag effect. For instance, just in the shelter component of this, the shelter component of the CPI is still reflecting the booming housing market of early 2022. It's not going to be three to four months before those the decline in those prices start to filter into the CPI. So I think, and, and the market agrees with me on this, if you look at the Fed funds futures curve, they're pricing in the Federal Reserve to hike rates another 50 basis points, 225 base point hikes. But they also believe that that will have overdone it. And by the end of 2023, they will take both those rate increases out. And, and uh, Fed funds rate is going to be the same at the end of the year as it is right now. So I, I base some of what I believe on the fact that that's what the, uh, the futures market is telling us. But also that, that if there's going to be a soft landing, the Fed has to slow down now because it's obviously the hikes that they've done in the past are beginning to take effect. So you're saying the Fed has to slow down right now? We're still uh, 75 basis points away, I think. So, yeah, based on what they say, too, they are absolutely terrified of missing it and having inflation being more embedded, as you said. The reason of them being in the state that they are is because of how badly they missed this in June of 2021. When the CPI printed over 5%, the housing market was inarguably in a red hot and prices had gone parabolic, and they continued to add accommodation, including uh, $240 billion purchases of mortgage-backed bonds to support that same housing market that was already on fire. 
they know they missed it then, and they really don't want to miss it now. So I do think they've gone probably enough, but I also think they're going to go this next 50 basis points. But then I think they will begin to understand that inflation is moderating quite a bit. And that was Jim Uriel, Managing Director with TJM Institutional Services. The White House confirms President Joe Biden does not support a ban on gas stoves. That comes after Consumer Product Safety Commissioner Richard Trumpkut suggested to Bloomberg he may pursue such action. He told that outlet gas stoves are a hidden hazard and that products that can't be made safe can be banned. Pollutants from gas stoves have been linked to asthma and other respiratory conditions, but more than a third of households in the U.S. have them. The CPSC also confirmed Wednesday it's not planning to ban gas stoves, though it might seek to restrict emissions on them. One industry trade group says improving ventilation in homes would be the best solution. And the House today passed a bill to prevent China from buying oil from the U.S. Emergency Stockpile, or SPR. Last year, the Biden administration sold a substantial amount of oil from the SPR to Unipec. The firm has close ties to the Chinese, Chinese regime. Republican Kathy McMorris Rogers accused Biden's team of actively boosting the oil reserves of what she called America's most dangerous geopolitical adversary, the Chinese Communist Party. China now controls the world's largest government-controlled stockpile of oil with almost a billion barrels at the expense of American taxpayers and our energy security. Draining our strategic reserves for political purposes and selling portions of it to China is a significant threat to our national security. Under Biden, the emergency oil stockpile has been rapidly drained in an effort to help with gas prices and inflation. The stockpile is now at its lowest level since the early 80s. McMorris Rogers said it should be used for true energy disruptions like hurricanes, not to help China or for political reasons. More than half of House Democrats are also supporting the bill. And now heads to the Democrat-controlled Senate. And a TikTok ban is gaining momentum in the U.S. Mississippi has become the latest state to ban TikTok on state-issued devices. Governor Tate Reeves issued a statement Wednesday saying his state won't wait for the Chinese Communist Party to steal state government data. The video sharing app is owned by ByteDance, which is headquartered in China. The new rule applies to any cell phones or laptops or other wireless communication equipment issued by the state of Mississippi. Several other states have previously issued similar edicts. The U.S. House of Representatives did the same thing in December. The governor of Wisconsin also just signed an order to ban TikTok from government-owned and managed devices. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is looking to ban Chinese entities from purchasing property in the state, citing economic and security risks posed by the Chinese Communist Party. Entities Daniel Monahan has more. We do not need to have CCP influence um, in Florida's economy. The remarks follow warnings from security experts and lawmakers that the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, is seeking to purchase strategic parcels of land throughout the United States. Security experts believe the CCP intends to conduct espionage or otherwise sabotage U.S. national security interests from them. 
We don't want to have holdings uh, by hostile nations. And so if you look at the Chinese Communist Party, they've been very active throughout the Western Hemisphere in gobbling up land. Chinese investors purchased more than $6 billion in U.S. real estate between March 2021 and March 2022. DeSantis says keeping the CCP from buying farmland is a positive step for which he has proposed legislation, but believes more can be done. Yeah, no farmland, but why would you want them buying residential developments or things like that? But he says it won't be the CCP directly signing contracts. So legislation has to be structured to effectively police it and prevent the use of holding companies and other devices. Though outrage over the issue has been widespread in recent months, there have been relatively few concrete actions taken to curb the flow of U.S. land to CCP-aligned organizations. Representative Elise Stefanik of New York and Rick Crawford of Arkansas introduced legislation to improve national security by preventing foreign adversaries from taking any ownership or control of the United States agricultural industry. While Washington Congressman Dan Newhouse introduced legislation in November that would prohibit foreign nationals associated with the CCP from buying any farmland. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. And U.S. stocks ended slightly higher today on the inflation news. The Dow rose 217 points or six-tenths of one percent. S&P gained 14 points or three-tenths of one percent. And the Nasdaq added 69 points or six-tenths of one percent. The latest on the FTX scandal. In an unusual blog post today, former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried said he did not steal money from customers. He also blamed the collapse of the exchange on the broad crash in the crypto market. Federal prosecutors said Bankman-Fried stole billions of dollars from FTX customers, but he has not pleaded guilty to the charges. A trial is set for October, and the blog post could give us a preview of the defense case Bankman-Fried may present then. He wrote, I didn't steal funds, and I certainly didn't stash billions away. He said Alameda, the hedge fund, lost money to do, due to a crypto market crash it wasn't prepared for, and FTX was impacted because of that. Last month, two of Bankman-Fried's associates pleaded guilty to fraud charges. One of them said Bankman-Fried and other FTX executives received billions of dollars in secret loans from Alameda. Bankman-Fried was released on a $250 million bond in December and put under house arrest at his parents' California home. Meanwhile, officials overseeing the bankruptcy of FTX have recovered more than $5 billion in cash and other liquid assets. A lawyer for the failed crypto exchange said in court Wednesday those assets might be used to help repay creditors. The news significantly raises the estimated amount of funds FTX claims to hold. Last month, FTX lawyers submitted filings that showed the company and its affiliates had a total of $1.2 billion in cash. They also said they had identified more than 9 million creditors, many more than earlier estimates of 1 million. FTX co-founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been charged with orchestrating what prosecutors call one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. Last week, he pleaded not guilty to eight federal counts of fraud and conspiracy. The PC industry faces a significant slump in sales during 2022. NTD's John Marshall fills us in on the numbers and what the future might hold for the industry. PC sales had a rough quarter in 2022, 
Shipments in October to December were down 28.5% compared to 2021, according to new data from market research firm Gartner. Research firms IDC and Canalis predict new models of PCs to increase sales in late 2023, and other analysts think the market will have issues until the systems people bought during the pandemic start to need replacing. Earlier, I spoke with electronics expert Bob Bilbrook, who told me he thinks things are moving more towards on-human computing. So, Bob, I've been waiting for some decent AR glasses to come along myself to play around with. Yeah. I think every I think everybody is waiting for the new uh, you know the the lighter weight easier to use glasses that aren't so bulky and you know there are a lot of those glasses now evolving um, when you start talking 5G and you, you're taking the computer power out of the actual physical form factor of uh, you know VR glasses um, then you become a lot more compact footprint in those uh, products. And that becomes, you know, starts moving us to that reality of the future of um, not having to have a bulky computer with us. According to research firm IDC, PC maker HP saw its shipments decline about 25% last year, followed by Lenovo and Dell. And Apple was the only major PC maker that saw its shipments grow in 2022. Shares of Dell and HP fell 27% and 29% last year, while Lenovo dropped about 28%. Shares of PC chipmaker Intel fell about 48%, and advanced micro devices declined 55.5% during the period. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Forever chemicals, also known as PFAS, are being banned more and more. Just this month, Vermont, Washington, and Maine banned these chemicals in products like carpets, food packaging, and ski waxes. The Wall Street Journal reports that California, Maryland, and Colorado want to remove PFAS from cosmetics, and 11 states have written laws to remove them from food packaging. One lawmaker says it's a moral obligation to protect people from PFAS. These chemicals can accumulate and remain stable for a very long time, which is why they're called forever chemicals. PFAS that ended up in the environment 50 years ago can still be found there today. And it can also enter the human body. Research has connected with many health problems. The EPA says they've been connected with high cholesterol, thyroid disease, and different types of cancers. Most people are in direct contact with PFAS because they're used in tens of thousands of products. According to the Wisconsin Department of Health Services, this includes cleaning products, rain jackets, umbrellas, nonstick cookware, shampoo, and even dental floss. Northwestern University chemistry professor Will Dicktel has published many scientific papers on PFAS. He finds that these chemicals can even lead to complications in childbirth and reduced response to vaccines. He also says it's very difficult to avoid. We have polluted the world over with these compounds to varying degrees. Uh, they're more prevalent in areas where they've been used heavily, places like military bases or near airports or near places where PFAS manufacturers have uh, industrial facilities. Um, but they're found in our blood. Um, uh, approximately 99% of Americans have measurable amounts of PFAS in their blood. So it's, it's really something that we're, uh, we're all exposed to. Dictel says PFAS is harmful to humans when we ingest it, 
and that's likely to have already happened because it's in the water and in the food chain. It can also be in the air as well, especially in areas where there are PFAS products. could also be found in household dust. Companies have been using PFAS for decades because it's very resistant to elements. For example, it makes sense to put it in the tiles on your roof to make them more waterproof. And it makes sense to use it in fire extinguisher foam because it's resistant to heat. Chemistry professor Scott Hopkins says that even though research is connecting forever chemicals with health effects, he thinks it's still too early to come to conclusions. What we need to do is to put some more money into funding the research so we understand exactly what it is these molecules do, exactly where those molecules are in the environment, and how those, uh, those molecules um, are transported through, through different media. Indications are that, that there are some negative effects. Um, to get rid of it, it, it could be a, a big problem. Um, I think the, the best bet right now is to try to mitigate the exposure But it's not so easy for companies to move away from PFAS. According to attorney John Gardella, he works with over a dozen clients that use forever chemicals in their products. Their industries include electronics, paper, recycling, and waste management. It may alter the efficiency or effectiveness of their product in some way. And also, you know, many PFAS are not directly used in products. They're also just used in the industrial process itself. You know, chemicals get mixed and they're able to uh, create certain products that way. PFAS may not actually go on the product, but, you know, altering the chemical makeup and that industrial process changes potentially the entire reactions that take place. Gardella believes there's a huge increase in awareness over PFAS issues. It's, it's a large reason why states are banning them in certain products. He says dealing with these bans is very complex. There are many, many regulations developing in the United States at the federal level. And, you know, as many people know, in various states, there are different PFAS laws that already exist and are coming into play every single week, if not every single day. Uh, So the complexity is that the state laws are different depending on which state you're in. Uh, So it's difficult for companies to keep track of these things and to also understand how they can come into compliance. Gardella also says many of these chemicals are from overseas, outside the United States. And many of those countries don't have strong PFAS disclosure requirements, if any. So companies don't know how many PFAS-infused products they're importing. American conglomerate 3M announced late December that it will stop making PFAS chemicals and that it will stop using these chemicals in all its products by the end of 2025. The company produces over 60,000 different products, everything from office supplies to dental equipment. The company says growing regulation caused it to make this decision. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips, email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, Microsoft soon offering employees a new benefit, unlimited time off. Why the change? We look at a first-of-its-kind two-story home taking shape in Texas. That and much more coming up on NTD Business.
And welcome back. Tech giant Microsoft says it will start offering U.S. employees unlimited time off starting next week. This means all salaried employees in the U.S. can take time off as much as needed and no longer need to wait and accrue holiday leave. Microsoft's chief people officer says, quote, how, when, and where we do our jobs has dramatically changed and as we've transformed modernizing our vacation policy to a more flexible model was the natural next step. Hourly workers will not enjoy this benefit, however. Microsoft has around 122,000 full-time employees nationwide. Microsoft is not the first big tech company to offer this. Salesforce, Microsoft-owned LinkedIn, Oracle, and Netflix have each offered workers similar benefits in the past. And a Michigan project is training prisoners to become arborists, an opportunity both to earn a living and to give back to their communities. Here's the story. More than 20 feet above the ground, Levante Choice is settling into his new job as a tree trimmer. This whole situation with me having this career, being able to reintegrate into society and have the opportunities that I have is, is a blessing. He's one of the more than a dozen inmates in training to improve electrical infrastructure in Michigan. The project is operated by DTE Energy, one of the state's largest electric utilities. The biggest issue impacting delivery of, uh, of electricity is trees. There's no way around that. And so in order to give the, our customers the service they need, we have had to hire tree trimmers from out of state. Outside Parnall's vocational village, trainees are learning how to climb trees and trim branches around power lines. Among them is Scott Steffes, having served a four-year sentence for domestic violence. Previously, he served time for theft and larceny. It was a lost cause. Uh, literally, you're living day by day with the unknown. Uh, but now being into this program, learning and being offered employment, now I know where I'm going to be down the road. And I found a home with this company. In 2021, DTE Energy partnered with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Residents from Detroit and surrounding communities were recruited to enroll in the Tree Trim Academy. The goal is to train locals on line clearing. Academy students earn a daily stipend of $50 for the first two weeks of the program, which then grows to $100 for the remaining five weeks. The pay is more lucrative as a professional woodsman. So I've never made this much money, you know, and I've never had a career. So I've never thought about ever being in a situation like this, but I'm glad I'm here now. Jeffrey Ganells was sentenced in 2018 to up to 15 years in prison for armed robbery and was paroled last April. He's now an instructor in the program and a certified arborist. You have guys that are so grateful for an opportunity and that are hungry to get out here and work and contribute to the well-being of their families and their communities and, and basically redeem themselves. To date, approximately 100 people have graduated from the academy. An enormous printer weighing more than 12 tons is creating what is believed to be the first 3D-printed two-story home in the United States. Matt Laratonda has more. On this suburban street in Houston, Texas, a new multi-story home is taking shape. But this is not your average building. Layers of concrete are laid down by an enormous 3D printer weighing more than 12 tons. It's creating what's believed to be the first 3D printed two-story home in the United States. Constructing the 4,000 square foot house will take a total of 330 hours of printing. 
That's according to architect Leslie Locke, co-founder of a design studio called Hannah. In the designing of this house, uh, we not only think about the general floor plans um, and you know usage, but we also design the actual print path, like how the printer will print, where it starts, and where it stops. The project is a two-year collaboration by HANA, Perry 3D Construction, and CIVE, a construction engineering company. Locke says since the printer does all the heavy lifting, less workers are needed at the construction site. It is a much faster uh, construction process, and it also requires, uh, you know, only four to five people, um, crew on site to print a whole house. And so you can see that on site we have currently five people. One of the benefits is also it takes a lot of the heavy lifting, the labor out of the human, and you know where the printer is doing the heavy lifting. The three-bedroom house will feature a hybrid design of wood framing and concrete. The house is expected to be completed in the second half of 2023. Builders hope the innovative technique can one day help more quickly and cheaply build multifamily homes. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. See you tomorrow.